0: Good morning. It's good to be with you all. Pastor Mark and Trudy are down in Utah helping their daughter Ashley and her family move into their new home. So you get me today. Today we're going to look at Psalm 67. But before we dive in, I want to talk about demons. You didn't see that coming, did you? C.S. Lewis wrote a little book called The Screwtape Letters. And in this book, the idea behind it is there's these 31 letters that were written by a senior demon named Screwtape. And the letters were written to his nephew, Wormwood. Wormwood was a young, inexperienced demon who was charged with guiding a man that they called the patient. And he's guiding him towards the father below. Otherwise known as Satan. And the whole idea is to be drawing the patient away from their enemy, who is God. In one of these letters, Screwtape writes to Wormwood and says that he is greatly troubled. He says, I believe that your patient has become humble. And this is very bad. He says, ha, ha, Have you drawn your, his attention to the fact that he's humble? He goes on to give Wormwood some advice on how to ruin the patient's humility. And then he says this about their enemy. He says this about God. He says, he wants to kill their animal self-love as soon as possible. But it's his long-term policy, I fear, to restore to them a new kind of self-love, a charity and gratitude for all selves, including their own. When they have really learned to love their neighbors as themselves, then they will be allowed to love themselves as their neighbors. For we must never forget that it is the most, that what is the most repellent and inexplicable trait in our enemy, he really loves the hairless bipeds he has created, and always gives back to them with his right, with his right hand, what he has taken away with the left. And then he goes on, at the end of this letter, to give a, another bit of warning. He says, "Your effort to instill either vainglory or modest, or false modesty." Into the patient will therefore be met from the enemy's side with the obvious reminder that a man is not usually called upon to have an opinion of his own talents at all. Since he can very well go on improving them to the best of his ability without deciding on his own precious niche in the temple of fame, you must try to exclude this reminder from the patient's consciousness at all costs. The enemy will also try to render real in the patient's mind a doctrine which they all profess but find it difficult to bring home to their feelings the doctrine that they did not create themselves, that their talents were given to them, and that they might as well be proud of the color of their own hair. C.S. Lewis had quite a way with words. The doctrine that our talents are given to us is a great reminder for us. This coming September, I will have been on staff here for 15 years, and I remember very clearly a confrontation with my own Wormwood the day that Pastor Mark offered me the worship director position. Immediately in my mind, I said, ain't no way I'm taking that job. I have way too big of an ego for that. I'll be struck down by lightning. However, I was quickly reminded by the Holy Spirit who gave me these gifts and talents and abilities and how I was supposed to be using them. It was a major battle with my ego, still a battle that remains today. Pride is an insidious thing. I can be in the middle of a song singing with you all, and bam, I'm thinking, wow, I sound awesome. (laughs) I wonder if they notice how good this sounds. It's gross, really. (laughs) But my prayer is this. I pray it before every service, or I try to remember to pray it before every service. I ask Jesus to not let me steal his glory today. Sometimes it's my prayer during the service sometimes that's my prayer during the middle of a song lord let us see your glory not mine let us praise you and only you for only you are worthy of our praise it's a great prayer and so from that i want to transition to this in thinking about god's glory i want to look at number six verses 22 through 26 with you it'll be on the screen Number 6, verse 22 says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Interesting note here is that God made it very clear in Exodus that man cannot look upon his face. For if they did, they would die. It's this little interaction on the, on the top of Mount Sinai between Moses and God. And God says, or Moses says to God, show me your glory. And God says, no, no, no. I tell you what, I'll have my goodness pass before you. We'll Put you in this little cleft of this rock and I'll cover your face with my hand as I pass by. And then as I pass by, you'll be able to see the end of my glory. So this happens, and, and Moses sees the end trailing of this glory. He didn't see his face. He didn't see his full glory, but he saw some of his glory. And Moses comes down from the mountain, and God's glory is shining all over his face. He's literally glowing. The people are frightened. And this is, this is what the prayer in Numbers is reflecting it's a prayer that the Israelite worshipers would get to share in the same experience as Moses. That God's glory would shine on them. Which brings us to our text today. We're going to be in Psalm 67. So if you take out your Bibles, let's read that together and then we will pray. Psalm 67. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm A song. Verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being gracious to us, for blessing us, Lord. And we ask by the power of your Spirit that you would open our eyes to see what you have for us today in this text. Make your face to shine upon us and make your way known. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So this this idea here of the nations being blessed, it comes from God's calling on Abraham when he was then known as Abram. Look with me real quickly at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We read this a little earlier. Says. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The purpose for all of us who have put our faith and trust in Christ is to glorify Him. And we do this by being a blessing to the nations. We bless others by sharing the truth about who Jesus is. We do it by sharing the gospel. So let's go ahead and take out our note sheets and let's look at point number one. The question that I have for us is, why has God blessed us? Number one, so that He would be known. Let's look at verses 1 through 3 again. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. Selah, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. These first three verses of this song are also a prayer. A prayer of thanksgiving. Thanking God for His provision. And a prayer of request, asking him to bless the nations. I want to draw your attention to this word "sela," which I think we often just glide over. So I said it on purpose several times already. Um, this word is is it, the meaning of it is is a pause. It's like an exclamation point in the piece of music. It's actually a musical term. It's it's a lot like an a fermata. How many in here have been in band or choir or some sort of music class at some day, some point? All right, that was about that many first service too. Yeah, so this fermata, sometimes known as the bird's eye, a little half circle with a dot in the middle of it, sits over a note in a piece of music. And when the band comes to that piece of particular part of the music, they get to that note and they stop and they pause on that note and they hold it out. The director's holding all of them at his will. As long as he wants to hold it out, I've had some mean directors. And then he cuts it off. And that's that's what's going on here. The selah is a pause, it's an exclamation point. It's pointing to the fact that verse 1 connects to verse 2 and it wants you to pay attention. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Pause. The question is why? so that he may be known in the earth. So that his salvation may be known to all of the earth. Lord, thank you for your grace and your blessings. and Please let your glory shine upon us so that we can be the light to the world. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mark took us through the Lord's Prayer. A lot of times this Psalm has, has been referred to as the Lord's Prayer of the Old Testament. You remember the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, make your name hallowed. Make your name holy. Make your name known among the nations. And verse 3 is a call to worship. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. It's a prayer that all the people would come to a saving knowledge of God and in turn praise him. Lord, you have blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others so that, we can be, so that you may be glorified. The psalm also has hints of the great commandment and the great commission in it. Love God, love others, make disciples. Thank you, God, for loving us and blessing us. And we love others by sharing God's salvation message with them. The psalm is very evangelical and missional It's powerful. All right, so God wants to be known. And point number two why has God blessed us? So that he would be worshiped. Verse four Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. The psalmist desires that the nations would rejoice over God, calling. for this rejoicing over two important doctrines. The doctrine of God's judgment and the doctrine of God's providence. If you've ever spoken with, with an unbeliever about God's judgment, I would only guess that it didn't go very well. It usually doesn't. Because the idea of God's judgment is not popular among those who do not know him. And similarly, the idea of God's providence, the fact that He's ruling and guiding and providing for His people throughout all of eternity. But the psalmist here is calling for it. He's saying, let the nations be glad. Let them sing for joy. Let them do this because God is a judge that judges with equity. And He is a God that guides His people. The only way the nations will do this is if they embrace the promises of God, and bow to the king. They must put their faith in Jesus. And the psalmist is crying out to the Lord, please let every tribe and every tongue, let all of the nations, let them praise you, Lord. And then as we move to verse 5, we see the Selah again. This pause. It's a longing for the salvation of the nations and a longing for the nations to have joy in God's judgment and providence. Pause. And a longing for them to worship the one true God. Look at verse 5 again. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. I'm sure you noticed that's the second time he said that. Salvation leads to Praise. God will not be worshipped apart from salvation. The only people who will praise God for his judgment are those who have been redeemed. And so we must go. As Jesus commanded us, we must go and make disciples. We must share the gospel and we must teach them what God has commanded. Let the nations be glad. Let them praise him. Look at verses 6 and 7. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. The earth has yielded its increase. God has blessed us. Why? God blesses us so that the ends of the earth may fear Him. This harvest has been yielded And it's yet another gift from God. And the psalmist totally recognizes that all that he has is a gift from God. God gave us this harvest so that we can share with the nations. So that we can share with them God's love. And all this so that they might fear Him. John Piper in his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, said this. He said, God is jealous to be known and praised and enjoyed and feared. He is displeased when people are ignorant of him or disrespectful to him or bored around him or unduly casual in his presence. End quote. Our God that we testify about in the gospel, he is holy. He is just and he is all powerful. In this psalm, Psalm 67 is is a power packed seven verse psalm with a whole bunch of goodness in it. It tells us that that God wants to be known, that He wants to be praised, He wants to be enjoyed, that He wants to be feared. It also tells us that God is a God of grace, a God of justice, and a God of power. Truly, this, this Psalm should saturate our prayers. But there's one last thing that I want us to remember today. And that's that the glory of God has come to us in the flesh. And it has shined upon our faces. Jesus came. He was God in flesh. And men looked upon His face. Hebrews says that He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. Salvation is here. The glory of the Lord is here. We won't get to experience the full glory until we reach eternity, but look with me real quick at Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you. The Apostle Paul picked up on this in his letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul said this. He said, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We are called to bring this message to all the nations. Folks, A large majority of us are not called to overseas missions. And so my challenge is this, if you know you're not called, which I don't think you know that for sure, but if you know that you're not called to overseas missions, don't tune out. This is a very missional psalm. But the truth is that the mission is for all nations. And for most of us, the nations that he's speaking about here is is our families in our neighborhoods, Spokane. They need it just as badly as those overseas. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let the people of Spokane praise you. Let all of the earth praise you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we ask for our hearts to love your glory, Lord and that we wouldn't seek our own glory. We thank you for giving us your grace and for your blessings. And most of all, we thank you for your Son. Lord, we ask that we would shine for you as we share your gospel with all those that we come into contact with. Let all the peoples praise you, Lord, for you and you alone are worthy. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.